Welcome back to Voices at Play, an actual play podcast focused on games by marginalized creators played by marginalized people. Playing with me, I have Ray. Hi, I'm Ray. My pronouns are he, him. I'll be playing Antipathy Dawn, the indomitable scourge of Fendale, seeker of honor. Their pronouns are she, they, and her familiar, Kobol, whose pronouns are he, him. You can find me on Twitter at DarkDragonsIn, and I'm also the person behind the Voices at Play Twitter account, which is Voices at. And I'm Om. My pronouns are they, them, and I am everywhere as Amaraz, including Twitter. You can also find me at MusaFearsPod on Twitter, and I'll also be your host and Game Master. Today, we'll be playing Familiars of Terra by Elizabeth Kleipraditkul of Angry Hamster Publishing. Familiars of Terra is a unique card-based tabletop RPG centered around the Seekers and their animal companions, following their calling and pursuing their destiny, for better or worse. So without further delay, let's get back into it. So I think we open up uh, with you like already at the uh, cable car place. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you flash that badge, you're able to get in without any complaint. Uh, is it a private cable car, or is it one of those ones that's big enough that, like, multiple people ride in it? Yeah, it's... So, the city itself, being on top of a mountain, is pretty much usually accessible mostly by cable car, unless you're willing to make the track or, like, fly in. Uh, but uh, this one is private to the miners, uh, and it's big because it's meant to carry miners and their familiars and sometimes ore. Gotcha. Uh, but you're not going at, like... You're not going with the morning shift or, and, like, a specific shift, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're pretty much alone on it. Okay. So in that case, um, I, uh, I approach the cable car, um, politely introduce myself, show the, the pass slash ticket. Um, and then when they bring the car around, I walk inside with my best attempt at stateliness. Uh, I can, you know, keep my head held high. I think Kobol is following and in after me, also with his head held high. Both, <laughs> I think he's he's got his clawed fingers interlocked on both sets of arms mm-hmm. as he shuffles forwards. As that kind of, I, I feel like I don't know if you've seen it, but um, pangolins that are holding their own hands look a little bit like they're being an apologetic statesman because of the whole sh- like hunched back and like he shuffles forwards and we get into the car. And then I just take a seat and put my hands on my legs as I cross them over and I wait and the door closes. And then as it leaves the station, the demeanor just completely drops. Um, once I, I feel confident that I'm no longer in view of anybody on the platform, I rush over to the side and I look out and I'm just like, look, look, Kobol, over there. And I'm just pointing at some random animal kin that flies past and I'm just like, wow, it's really just something else. And I want to add the view on this side is completely different than the view coming into the city, whether you came in by cable car or flying in. If you mm-hmm. came in from like anywhere in the south, you most of your view is plains because uh, that's what's to the south and east. Yeah, absolutely. To the north, it's forest and mountains. And that is the view you're getting like you're skimming over the top of mountains and trees. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like, the only time I'm normally used to seeing this kind of view is if Kobol is carrying me. 
Um, yeah, because obviously Kobold can fly, but um, I try not to make him do that too often. He doesn't like being used as a pack animal per se. Yeah, no, he doesn't mind, but you know, he prefers to ride. Also, <laughs> um, awesome mountains are like pretty contained to the west and the east coast, and there's a bare chance you might not have been to them before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that, uh, that I haven't. Um, again, I think this is part of why I was coming to this area to see this cartographer and sort of get their insight on you know the furthest reaches of the world as it is recorded, mm-hmm. because uh, as it is, the area they live in is comparatively alien compared with the flat farm that I grew up on, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would have just been sparse in terms of trees and foliage. Mostly the land would have been uh, handled by um, farmers. So it would be grown crops and whatnot. Um, I think I did establish in my backstory that there are ravines and stuff, but those are very much in the ground rather than like high up because, yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely a very different experience. Do I notice anything in particular whilst I'm looking at over this? Do I, do I see any um, signs of damage in the forest from up high? Mm. If you want to pull me a awareness, you definitely can. Yeah, let's see how that goes. <laughs> I, I have uh, a five. Oh, I yeah, that, that's that's a that's a ten. That's a that's well, at least you know getting those numbers out of the way now. <laughs> uh, so you're going over and. As far as you can tell, there isn't really damage. And as far as you're concerned, you're probably too far south for what they're talking about anyways. So it's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are getting to see... Uh, and also, you're probably a bit distracted by just, like, the sight of all the birds, like, skimming across the treetops. Various uh, species of, like, monkeys and uh, gorillas and stuff climbing across the top weaving naturally between like a cat flies by yeah and and there's some real cool uh animal kin you're seeing too that seem to be adapted specifically to live live in both mountains and trees like things that uh should pretty exclusively navigate one biome expertly leaping like from the treetop onto a mountain climbing that with like goat hoofs and then grabbing onto a tree trunk uh with a tail and swinging along you know uh a lima monkey that craves that mineral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's one of those just sites that takes you fully in. It would be pretty unique um, to this sort of um, location as well, because as you say, with the two overlapping biomes, you're going to get some pretty strange adaptations. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Exactly. Uh, it's just the lucky combination of the two of them uh, that works out. Um. And so, as you're going along, you eventually find your way, like, to the landing pad. Uh, and you, it's kind of heralded by the sounds of louder uh, machinery and people talking and chattering as you get close to the mines. Uh, I'm absolutely back in my stately, important position. Of course. By the time the, <laughs> the cable car gets in. It's not the, like kind of machinery noises that we would recognize uh like the noises would be pretty indistinguishable from background forest noises and uh nature noises had we had just like not been for sheer volume of them you know sure uh and it's very clearly designed to 
have as minimal like noise pollution to the environment as possible. Uh, and like it's loud, so it'll keep most things away because most things will avoid areas of loud noises, but not just scare them off from the environment completely, you know? Sure. Uh, not going to get lyrebirds wandering around making photographs and camera noises kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, and so you arrive uh, at the landing and it looks like someone's there wait, uh, just like sitting at the bottom uh, waiting for someone. They go, oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. You're not what I was expecting. You must be... Yeah, I think I, I, I step out and... Um... I look for somebody who is looking for me and I see this person and I wander over and I, uh, I, I think I just offer a hand and I say, I'm in Tipithy Dawn. Ah, you must be the secret. I'm sorry. I was waiting for one of my friends with news about what we should do. Uh, but yes, uh, please don't let me stand in your way. Uh, I'm sure that you know what you need to at this point. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, where exactly is the origin of the problem from here? I was told it's to the north. Is just from north from here. Do you have any more specific directions for me, or? Unfortunately, none of us have really the time to go up there. No, that's fine. Uh, ha- have you seen any of the the problem personally? Have I, you been affected? Um, not much. I saw one of the one of the packs of uh, lemur monkeys passing through, but. Packs of lima monkeys, you say? Yes. Uh, it was quite odd because while we have many of the uh, lemurkin down here, the just regular lemur monkeys usually stay further north. I see. Can you describe their noses? Their their, their noses? Yes. Uh, wh- why? I don't expect you to understand official seeker business. Um, they look... <laughs> Like a nose, um, they were r- round with with nostrils, and um, yes, it the, the lemurs themselves were stark black, but their nose was white. Wait, did you say black? Yes. You didn't get close to them, did you? No. Oh, well, that's oh, that's good. Those are the those are the poisonous ones. Got to be real careful. They can be quite contagious. Poison can. Contagious. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving you the spectacle look of like, I see what's happening here, kid. <laughs> and she just, I, I think at that look, she's like, right, well, uh, I better get off to this place on the map. And she pulls out the map to cover her face, shows that there's a ma- uh, the mark on it, and she points, and she's like, come on, Kerbal. <laughs> you said you were... Uh- Watch out for the lima monkeys. <laughs> <sighs> kids <laughs> perfect uh i think you are able to start heading north are you just like making a direct line there are you look like what are you what are you up to as you travel well they said that there has been um forcible migrations yeah. so i guess um i am going to be heading sort of directly north to and that was where they said um the last sighting of the giant animal kin was Yes. Um, I will head in that general direction based on the marking I have on the map. But mm-hmm. what I'll be doing is as I'm going, um, I'll just turn to Kobol and say, uh, buddy, can you keep an eye out for any, you know, just any signs of uh, trouble or uh, perhaps signs that 
anything's been through here? You know, just as we're going, just just keep your nose close to the ground. And I think Kobold's just gonna flop onto uh, his his forefront arms and scour. Basically, just be walking along and scouring left to right. I also feel like Kobold's wings probably just like are they up or down when when he's doing this? I I think typically like uh, he keeps them folded in, mm-hmm. just because I feel like having them out all the time, like sp- spread out, would be again kind of like the difference between having your arms down at your side and like spread out it would just be a lot of extra energy to hold them out all the time yeah so he's he's very pangolin shaped right now except super big and he's just his head is wandering side to side as he goes uh i'd like to try and pull an awareness for kobold to spot signs of any uh animal kin that have passed through that look panicked or stressed so are are you doing this like waiting here or doing this while you're moving just as we're walking yeah okay perfect um so give me that oh uh, even i could have done that yeah uh (laughs) Uh, yeah so you're traveling for a little bit uh when you get the sense you're being watched uh and like almost as if on cue uh kobo walks up and like spreads one wing out as a symbol just like I, i spot something you know yeah it's a very like subtle unfolding of one wing and it folds back down uh and points uh one of one of his hands in a direction mm-hmm. um so is he pointing because i uh, i'm also aware i guess uh or at least aware afterwards that we're being watched is yeah. he pointing at the person that's watching us or is he um trying to in- it, well i assume that's what he's doing right yeah, he's pointing at. I mean, you told him you have something. He's pointing at something. Uh, sure. You, you. He's pointing at the top of the tree. You can't really mm-hmm. see what's there yeah. from like where you currently are, but that's what he's pointing at. Okay. Uh, I am going to nonchalantly pretend like I didn't like it's nothing. You know, like he's just discomfortedly shaking his wing or whatever. Because I get the sense that like that's not the sign that he's found what I asked him to look for, um, but obviously you know we have a bond, so I I understand what it is that he wants, and I I reach down and like just pick up a rock, and then casually without looking, I'm just gonna backhanded launch it at the general direction of the tree, not at the thing that's not not trying to hit what's actually. Um, watching us but enough that if it was a person they'd be spooked and if it was an animal they'd probably just run away yeah uh and that's roughly what you get uh is you hear just uh uh just a like tiny little uh like rabbit scream uh and something hopping along the trees away from you the jackalope um (laughs) Yeah, I, I think uh I, I just said, Yeah, good spot, buddy. Let's just keep going for now. I don't I don't want us to get off get get too off track. Uh, and then I continue walking unperturbed, um uh, it, along the original sort of destination line that I was following. Again with Kobol um trying to keep an eye out for any signs that uh animal or animal kin have passed through in large numbers. Yeah, uh, so 
I think eventually, uh, Kobo like tugs at your uh at your clothes like the the pant like your pant, uh, as you're walking. Okay. What and, is it, uh, buddy? Just starts walking in a direction. I was gonna say he's big enough that he he started go- just going somewhere. I'd have to follow him. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, sure. Uh and yeah, I, I just start following along. And he leads you to like slightly off the path where you were, a bunch of trees, uh, where like there's that have clearly been like scratched up by something with claws, like climbing across it. And this isn't like a single scratch mark of something passing through. This is the kind of signs you were looking for. Yeah, like a like a herd of something has had to you know gone from tree to tree. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what direction does it look like they're coming from then? They are coming from like the same northward way you were going maybe a little bit west of where you had marked on your map uh but like you can you can tell that it's the same general mountain and forest yeah yeah so it's coming from that way but not the exact location you were headed okay um well i i make a sort of i i'm gonna look at that and then look at my map and estimate of a better direction that um we should be going, and I'm just like, good job, buddy. Uh, where are we? And I'm going to try and orient myself on this map. Whilst I am looking at the map, I am going to keep an eye out and see if um, I get any sense that I'm still being watched. For, um, yeah. S- see uh, if I can try and listen to the <laughs> for the sounds of any nearby moving. Uh, sure. You can go ahead and do a poll for that. Oh, no, I, uh, did, I do not hear the thing. <laughs> So yeah, you don't. So for the for the audio, my awareness is five. I pulled a king, which is definitely not what I wanted. <laughs> no, uh, I will say because I was going to give this to you anyways. You do get once again that same sense of being watched. Uh-huh. Uh But but I can't tell where it's coming from. Yeah, and I want to say that like every time you you get that feeling and you try to look somewhere, you just see nothing. The feeling goes away, and like a few seconds later, it's back again. Mm-hmm. I think I'm. Um, Going to go. All right, Kobol. Looks like we know where we need to go next. Let's uh, let's start going. And then I'm gonna start loudly walking in a direction. And once I'm a little bit further away from the area, past a few trees, I'm gonna dash behind one and then indicate for Kobol to keep going and make lots of noise as he goes. Uh, and then. I'm going to trying to use my wits to outsmart this follower uh, and see if I can catch sight of them. Okay, go ahead and give me that pull. Uh, hey, it's hey. a one. Nice. I was going to give you a plus one for having like, <laughs> will help you, but you don't need that. No, not this time. Um, yeah. So, uh, do I do I see what it is that's following us? Yeah. Uh, so you wait behind and you hear some rustling in a tree above you. And then something like hops down into the grass and before hopping up the tree and you see a uh, basically a hairkin. Uh, it looks like a hair, but it's got a long tail that it's using to uh, like swing from branch to branch uh, with just like when it can't hop along them. Gotcha. Uh, you also notice that, uh, in fact, when... It hops. It's only really hopping on three of its legs uh, right now. Okay, so it looks like it might be hurt in some way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I'm just there and then going to be like, 
Hey, uh, you were right there? It looks up and uh, just kind of backs away slowly. And I, I'm not moving in any way. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even have my hands up. I'm just standing stock still. And I'm like, you've been following us for a little while now. Are you with someone? It like brings its tail to cover its eyes for a couple seconds, then slowly lowers the tail to peek and sees you still there and raises the tail again and then does that again. You're, you're, are you hiding from us or are you just trying to watch us? Do you not want us to see something? It like slowly, uh, it tries to take a step um, forward towards you and steps on the front left paw and then like kind of whimpers a little and raises that paw instantly. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna slowly sit down and uh, I'm gonna just reach my arm out again slowly and just be like, if you need my help, just pull yourself over here. Let me have a look. Why don't you give me like a charm pull to try to reassure it? Yeah, yeah. That I'm not just here to eat it. Hey, another one. Hey. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so I am the most reassuring teenager. When it comes to people, hell no. But when it comes to animals, I'm just like, oh, poor little buddy. Come here. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right, honestly. Honestly, that sounds right about right for most non, most people. But yes, uh, it slowly like whimpers towards you and uh, kind of raises the paw uh, towards you. And the paw like, it's fine. It's just like it just hurts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I guess I am going to. I'll look over it and I'll just uh, if it gets close enough to let me touch it, I'll be like, okay, just hold still. Let me see. And I'm just gonna try and like move its paw and see if it feels like anything's broken. It's obviously gonna hurt, but like, yeah. Um, and if, if it seems like it's just like you know a sprain or something um then i think i just gonna go into like my bag and pull out um some uh bound leaves and it's Mm -hmm. just like a little bundle of leaves wrapped with um some twine and i'll just break off some and mulch it in my fingers and i'll be like this stuff tastes real bad but it'll help. And then I'm just going to hold it out for it. Um, and it's just like a super bitter root that's like a numbing agent mm. um, that is effectively... It's it's ibuprofen. It's yeah. inflammable. And so did you say like, did you ground, grind this up or... Yeah, I just, just like yeah. mulched it in my hand. Just basically, I, my, my thoughts are like, um, it's kind of uh, if, if you... If you just took a leaf and rubbed it enough, yeah. it would yeah just scrape the skin off, and then you can you know the the underlying uh, juices are all that is needed. So what happens is slowly, like the tail kind of dips into the mulch and brings a little bit to the mouth, and the tastes it and like winces a little at the taste, but kind of feels a little bit of the effect, and so slowly hobbles forward and. They do that. Are there any other signs of injury on this thing? What does it look like? This might have just been like, because obviously you know animals get hurt in the wild all the time. So you, you it, this is a thing that leaps from tree to tree. Does it look like maybe it just fell, or is there any other signs that it's been hurt somewhere? Uh so I think now that you're able to get closer and or 
looking over the rest of it. Uh, you see like a small singe mark that has mostly been like grown back on some of the ends of its fur. Yeah. Uh, and you can pretty clearly extrapolate that something was like using fire and it was running away and that's when it sprained its ankle. Gotcha. <sighs> Where are you from, little guy? Uh, are you far? Is your home far? They look at you and uh, just kind of whips its tail back and forth a little uh, and looks in the direction and quickly looks back at you as if it's like, not sure if it should tell you. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to be like, Cobble! Cobble! <laughs> it takes a minute because you never told Cobble to stop. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> That's why I was just like, oh, Cobble. I was like, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Cobble! Get back here! Uh, and I'll be like, look, if your friends, if your family need help, or if there's something wrong at your home, we can help. Me and Cobble. Shortly afterwards, just he stomps through the... He's not going to hurt you, and he can help. You just... Kobol will give you a lift. And if Kobol could make noises, he would look and sound very perturbed. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, the hurricane nods and it, cry, it like hobbles over to Kobol and offers a tail to Kobol. It's like, not sure what... Kobol, I think, just just sticks out a clawed arm for it to pull itself onto. Yeah, and so it does that and points in a direction. It, it starts, like, chittering, uh, and you can't understand, but Kobol seems to be perfectly, like, understanding everything. Yeah, the animal king can kind of understand each other as yeah. my, yeah. The same way animals, you can just kind of communicate. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, There is an empathetic level of communication, so, yeah, I'm just like... Uh, I guess just let him lead us. And I just wait for them to show us where we need to go. Yeah. Uh, and so you are taking a little bit till eventually you reach a uh, mountain. Uh, and what looks like a, just like the side of a mountain. Uh, mm -hmm. after having traveled through like a forest and over some hills, you reach like the mountain that was marked. Yeah. Uh, and then the at this point the hurricane knock jumps off of uh Kobol and paws at the mountain and eventually like paw seems to like dip into a little bit of a cut. Okay. Uh, in the side and it chitters excitedly at that. Okay, I'm gonna go over and just crouch down and see if I can see what it's poking at. Yeah. Uh, and do you see an outline of, like, a cut that if you start, like, tracing up, almost as, like, a slab that's been placed into the mountain to look like it's just part of the side of the mountain, mm -hmm. uh, but is clearly disconnected from the mountain. Okay. It's still a huge slab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm just going to look over and be like, Cobble, come on, let's, uh, you push and I'll pull. No, ah. <laughs> Uh, you know, let's both just pull. That that makes more sense. Uh, and I think Kobold's going to come over and just, like, jam his claws into the wall and yeah. then pull them out. So now there's, like, slightly wider handholds. Mm -hmm. And then he'll, he'll go and dig his claws into the wall, uh, into the slab further up. And I will put my 
rough hands into the holes that Kobol has created for me to grab onto, and we'll we'll both haul on it. Yeah. Give me a mic pull. I would say I am helping Kobol do yeah, this. That makes um, sense. So, so do I get any pluses on that? Yeah, or? I think it's a plus one, uh, but also this is a huge thing, so you're getting a minus two. Okay, uh, that's fine. So, so it's so minus, minus one, one overall. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Uh, yeah, okay. I do that. Yeah, fine. That. <laughs> um, so to, for the listening audience at home, Kobol's uh, stat in might uh, would be considered a queen by default, um, which is 12 of impossible 13 maximum. Kobol strong. I pulled a five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Kobol is easily able to, like, get his hands under and swing it open. You, you're fairly certain you helped. You, you know, you feel pretty I happy about it. I definitely helped. Yeah. Uh, it definitely feels like that situation where you're carrying and you're like, oh, this is super light because the other person's doing all the work. Uh-huh. Yeah. But also, if I wasn't pulling, then it wouldn't have been an even pull. It would have just sort of toppled over from the top, probably. So I, yeah. I, I, I was like the ballast. Yeah. Uh, that's what you can tell yourself, at least. Uh, <laughs> so you, you get it open. Uh, and there's very clearly like a wide open cave back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hairkin bolts inside. I think as it runs on, I'm like, wait a minute. That didn't seem very smart. You see anything in there, Cobble? Can Cobble see well in the dark? Um, I believe, yeah. I mean, they're nocturnal by default. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cobble, see, Cobble just gives you like a huff of agreement. Mm-hmm. Not like, yeah, like it's it's good to go kind of thing. It's like there's I see stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so like okay. you you ask the question, the answer uh-huh. is yes. Um, I I think Kobol would know well enough that I am like, is there like should should yeah. I be concerned? Kobol does not seem concerned themselves. So, you know, he's he looks fine. He's just being flippant and like, yeah, I see stuff. Okay, um, he is he's adopted some of your attitude. I side eye him and I'm like, all right, smart Alec, let's go. Yeah, then I I wander in and try vaguely to follow the hairkin. And as it gets increasingly dark, if it gets to the point where it's dark enough that I can't see too well, I'm just going to put one hand on Kobol and be like, follow the hairkin. Show me where he went, please. So Kobol huffs again, just like human eyes and pulls Oh, as if you can see more than three feet in front of your face in the daylight anyway. Gives you just another indignant huff uh, and starts leading the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually you get to a point where you start seeing some like bioluminescent light. Mm, uh, shiny. And there's mushrooms that like are growing alongside. But you see they're carefully like curated. They're not just like willy nilly growing. They're I was going to say, is there cast. any sort of marks that um, it's been disturbed? Uh, or damaged in any uh, recent period? Are there any mushrooms that mm-hmm. look less well tended to and perhaps crushed? Or so I don't think you need to pull for that. I will tell you this area looks pretty well kept. Okay. Uh, this area seems to be at least here isolated from any damage that might have occurred. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. I, I guess um, I stop relying on uh cobalt so much and. I'm just going to explore further. Do I see any signs of the hairkin at all that uh, I was following? Not particularly. 
Uh, but now that you have more like, you see a variety of animal kin. There's like some bats hanging from the ceiling, uh, as well as some bat kin just intermingled with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some herbivores of various types eating from the mushrooms, uh, though being very careful to like only take what they need and leave enough for light for the other animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you go deeper, it seems to be a uh, more natural light kind of showing uh, through various like n- almost naturally occurring skylights in the mountain. Uh, and uh-huh. you see uh, what seems to be like a mini garden, uh, including like a reflection of the outside biome, some of the trees and plants and moss and stuff that's natural. A sure. variety of the various animals and animal kin you saw from above, including like some of the lemur monkeys, the uh, white ones, or the black ones with white nose- noses that are poisonous, as you so claim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it just looks like a fairly well-protected sanctuary. Is there anything other than like the nature um, of the way it's been tended? Um, is there anything specifically indicating like a human hand on this? Or yeah. Uh, and as, as you're starting to wonder that, you notice that there is a uh, cave. There's a bunch of caves with, like, you know, there's some cougars and some of them, some snow leopards and whatnot. But one of the caves has a sort of makeshift covering uh, mm. of, like, a curtain. Uh, sure. That looks, you know, woven and put up with metal curtain rods that kind of thing gotcha yeah so it's clearly not a, an animal who's just developed a flair for privacy um <laughs> which you know some of them have like there's, there's some areas that are like covered with leaves and stuff mm-hmm. uh some of the like there's like a rabbit I hole i mean there's like birds see. of paradise that yeah create whole areas of cleanliness to do dances in and stuff so i wouldn't put it past them um yeah i think <laughs> antipathy's just gonna be like Hello? It's a lovely place you have here. Anybody home? Uh, the animals and animals can look completely undisturbed. Uh, mm-hmm. and then you, you hear some, like, rustling, and then, like, someone bursts the curtain over and walks over. They, like, have a long branch that they seem to be using as a walking cane. They seem to have, like, whittled it down to their size. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they hop down... Uh, a few nodules of stone and, and walk over to you. I'm, I'm, Wabi. Well, I did not expect to see someone here. Quite frankly, yeah. Uh, there's uh, one of your little friends was hurt out there, I think, and uh, they let us here. Is everything all right? No, quite frankly, um, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait. Uh, wait. Who are you? I was about to ask you the same thing. You, sorry. Uh, I am Antipathy Dawn. Uh, of Fendir. I'm a seeker. I haven't. I haven't met another one of us in a long time. Oh, you're a seeker too. And who? Who are you? I um. And I think actually, uh, realizing when they say they haven't seen another one of us, they said, "I'm sorry. I misjudged you." I'm Antipathy Dawn, the indomitable scourge of Fendir, seeker of honor. Who are you? I'm... I'm Hikima. Uh, I've left my titles behind a long time ago. They called me many things. The wise. The kind. 
Would uh, the name Hakima mean anything to me? Uh, how well aware of you? Yeah, are, are aware of you? Are you of like past years? I feel like it's more like how how well known is this particular seeker? Yeah, because like seekers who developed a reputation would have like are the kind of thing that people would have been aware of. Hmm. Uh like you can do a hell of a lot and have a lot yeah. of titles and still not necessarily be a legend. Um, yeah. So it's really just dependent on how other people speak of this seeker. I think this, you get the sense that like, you've heard the name before maybe, but it's one of those seekers that are old enough and long since active that right, yeah, people have stopped talking. Like you have a feeling like this is a name that was known when they were active. And yeah, that makes sense. When, when they were doing things and some of the older members of places you've been might remember and mention might be like oh i remember when hakima back in the day did blah 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 but uh what happened to them yeah exactly gotcha. it's one of those things where like they did a lot of things that were noteworthy and important to the communities they helped but nothing world changing nothing world changing yeah uh because like you get the sense that they never really want to sure that's fine uh, I, I just wasn't uh i just wanted to get a sense of what yeah don's meant uh like response would be to the name um okay cool carry on uh, and so they go hey, give me a second Hanf, Hanf, come on out uh and you hear uh buzzing from like inside their uh cloak i guess i should describe them a little they uh despite uh so besides the like branch walking king they have outfit that is clearly made from uh, various materials found around here, uh, like sewn together uh, from materials they've kept, but augmented with various leaves from trees and other a piece of moss and hemp and stuff that they've put together uh, to patch their clove over the year. Their hair is uh, dyed a now faded pink uh, and styled backwards. Uh, and in, they're wearing a cloak. Uh, because it is kind of chilly in this cave. It's a really open, not really heated cave. Uh, and from inside the cloak, you hear some buzzing. And then a little scarab beetle pokes its head out. Uh, and she buzzes up and buzzes towards Kobol. Uh, is, so is um, Hakima one of the Endril? Uh, I think it's the Endril. Which one's the Endril again? I thought those... Well, what did you play last time? If you uh, remember. I played someone from Rafa. Sorry, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the Rafa are the people that live by their trees, right? Yeah. So yes. the the uh, she uh, Hakim is one of them. Yes. Okay. Cool. Just just for my yeah. own knowledge. Okay. Cool. Um. Uh. Yeah. I th- I think um Kobol's reaction is minimal to us. It's just uh, it, there's an acknowledgement there, but yeah. it's uh just. Um and and the scarab she just continues to like try to engage Kobol, uh, <laughs> however futile that may be. I think that's the thing. It's it's not necessarily that Kobol's ignoring the scarab beetle. It's more that I I don't think the communication between something yeah. of Kobol's size and Scat the scarab beetle would be noticeable to us. If you get my meaning, yes, for sure. Like they are communicating, but it's not in a way that would be meaningful to yeah. anyone watching. Especially since Kobol is not particularly vocal. Yeah, Kobol's yeah. not vocal. Scarab Beetle's not really vocal. Yeah, <laughs> they're just silently 
uh, acknowledging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Hakima turns to you and they go, sorry, uh, you've found us at a bit of a bad time. I have to ask something, though. Yes? Did you ever find what you were looking for? Yes. Or maybe. I'm, I'm up here to solve a problem, but I'd really like to hear about that. Not I can, now, if, you know, there's more no, important I, things, but... We can we can talk about it, um, but we'll have to do it as I work. Sure. Uh, can I help you with anything? How much do you know about caring for trees? Um, I was raised on a farm. It'll do. Come with me. Uh, and they lead you to one of, uh, to one of the larger caves, uh, like at the edge of the mini forest they have in here. Uh, mm. and you see to be, this... To be completely clear, the answer is virtually nil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they understand. They're just like, you know That's what? Cool. Yeah. Your help is help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they lead you through this cave, which clearly is, uh, lit up not by, by like the soft glow of, uh, mushrooms until the back where they've created a makeshift like skylight and mm. laying down there uh injured uh clearly because don't think you usually see trees laying down is uh a pretty big uh pine tree um and as you approach you see from like within the bushes and i slowly open up and look at you very weakly Okay, this kind of tree, not so much. Um, it's uh, what happened. That's that's what I trying to say. There's a lot going on. Um, and well, Elsa here. Uh, she's the ent who guards this region. But well, she's not in much shape to do guarding right now. Well, yeah, I can see that. Uh, how do I? A dress. Oh? Um, and I, th- I think I've, I'm just gonna, like, go over and... Because I don't think... Uh, ants are not particularly common, right? Um, and so I, this is... No, no. In fact, that's why, like, they, even though they'd seen a moving tree, they were like, that's not an ant, it's just an animal can, who can disguise as a tree. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I, I think I wander over and I'm closer to the part that's like an eye uh, has eyes and i'm just like i'm sorry you're hurt i i'm in tipathy dawn what happened to you Did, i'm i'm really sorry i i can you can you talk this um and then i look over at um hakima i'm like i feel like it, i'm being sort of a fool here uh, hakima smiles at you well I can't imagine you have much experience dealing with ants. Um, ants, we've got lots of experience. Kobol loves ants. <laughs> uh, and you, 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 he, you feel almost like a little bit of a chuckle in your bones, uh, and you realize it's coming from uh, the tree. Uh-huh. Uh, and goes, her, her name is Elsa. Uh, you can refer to her as such. Elsa, is that? Elsa, yes. And uh, she, at, uh, at this point, like, closes her eye again. Uh, and then Hakima looks over and they go, uh, 
here, you can help me with this. And they basically just start instructing you on things you can do, like to mix up some pulses and stuff that they're mixing up to try to. Sure. I think that's something I, I could reasonably do. It's mostly just following instructions, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just like, here, pass me this, grind that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing like intern work. I, I, I happily like sit down and help the living tree that I'm just like, I, I think there's just this slow registration of what this is because mm-hmm. obviously being a seeker i'd be familiar with the idea of spirits and um i've forgotten the incan name for it but when a spirit oh, possesses yeah veins um like i'd be I, familiar with that i've probably heard of ents um but only really from stories told by the ratha most likely and any story told to a teenager by anyone over the age of 16 goes in one ear and out the other so even yeah. though i have a very important job to do most of the time it's not always something i'm great at focusing on i, I would say that to you probably ants fall in the same category as judges of like ah yes yeah yeah exactly like ah yes that thing from your culture that you people you know interact with and see um there's uh, certainly things that are there. Um. And so as you're working, uh, Hakima looks up at you and goes, so what, I guess before I share my story, what, what's yours? What is your calling? Oh, uh, well, Kobol here. I think Kobol's also um, with his forearms. He's got one poultice. Um, he, he's got a, a grinder and... Mortar and pestle in one set of hands and he's grinding something and the other one is preparing a poultice beneath it. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just masterfully handling the, the combination of both tasks at once. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, Kobo here, when he was when he was really young, he was uh, really sick. And I found him under a bush on the farm. And uh, well, I... I, I promised him as you know he was sick there was especially bad night there was a storm and i i was desperate so i, I said to him kobold if if you get better you just got to get big and strong and then you know when you're big enough we'll 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 travel the world and, and we'll, we'll we'll find the edge of it we'll, we'll see something that no one's ever seen before and it'll be just the two of us and you you've just got to get You've got to get through this. You've got to. You've got to survive, and you've got to make it. And he did. And as you can see, he's he's done the getting bigger part. So I felt like I really owed it to him to uh, to follow through. Hakima gives you a slight smile and then put, turns their head back towards the end. Well, you've definitely seen something new. Well, I mean, new for us isn't new for you, though. You'd already seen it. No. But you know, don't and and then like quickly backtrack. I'm like, uh, but 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 it's still really cool and very interesting and fascinating. No, no. And I'm I'm I feel honored to be helping with. And then I look down and there's yeah. just leaf juice all over my hands. Yeah. This, um, uh, they smile and they go, "Well, you know, it's very few people who dedicate themselves to finding something truly new. That it's admirable. I wish you luck." Thanks. It's uh, I guess it's just what we what felt right. Yes, I know how that feels. You know how that felt. But what happened to to Alsa here? I mean, do you find yourself looking after ants often? Not usually ants, but the 
animals and animal around here. Most of them know of this place, even if they don't choose to live here. I, I guess I should start at the beginning. Oh wait! Yes. I think this. I, th- I think I. I think I'm looking for Alsa. Actually, um, it's just dawned on me. Uh, <laughs> see, I thought I was here to look for an animal kin, but I didn't really have any specific instructions except for the fact that it was about the size of a tree. And I think maybe it just was a tree. I think well, Elsa's it. I think you might be right. Um, from my experience with the people of Berkstead, no one really knows I never that said I was from Berkstead. They smile at you. And when you've been around as long as I have, you put things together. So you came in with, uh, you came in with Niba. And, uh, well, Niba came in from, ran south and last I saw her. So... Hmm. I'll let you pass on this one. But yeah, I, I think like Hakima's <laughs> getting ready to like tell her story, and then yeah. I'm, I'm suddenly like, wait a minute, it's all falling into place. <laughs> yes. Uh Hakima smiles and goes I need to know what happened to this tree. Ent, sorry. And uh, that's not offensive, is it? And I'm just like <laughs> looking backwards and forwards at the ent with its eyes closed and looking at Hakima like, oh god, faux pas with trees. Uh God. <laughs> so they uh that's when Hakima's like smug and the falters bit they go. That's what I would like to know as well. That's what I'm not really sure. There's been a lot of injured animal kin coming, in fact. More than I'm able to deal with, which is why a lot of them have ended up leaving to the south. Well I don't really leave this sanctuary, this oasis we've built. So, so whilst um, Hakima is talking, can I look over Alsa and see if I can identify any of the injuries that this Ent has sustained to see if I can like compare it against my knowledge of what might have caused the injuries? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, like I don't mind asking her, and I probably will, but I'd like to see if me, the, the spunky child, can work it out for myself. <laughs> So roll uh draw or draw wits for me. Uh yeah. And there's some stuff that you're gonna get even if you fail. Oh uh, unfortunately. Which you did. Yeah. But, so basically, you notice similar to uh the hairkin Niba, uh there's some scorch marks, but like you get the sense that uh Alsa's been around the block long enough that they can handle that. Uh like this isn't this is like some mild scorch marks. Uh and like there's some attempts of maybe like something to like hit, like injure it with various like claws and whatnot but like it's a tree yeah uh, yeah yeah. she's fine uh so that's clearly not hurting it it's clear that she was under attack by something meant all the conventional things of attack did not injure sure. okay so i think um i'm just going to turn to hakim and say what's all of this i mean obviously i've been helping but what are these for what are we trying to treat her for what's wrong with her beings like Elsa don't come around often. Elsa has dedicated her life to protecting this place because she's tied to this place, to its very vein. And in fact, you, as that's pointed out, you notice that like while most, while Elsa is like lying on her side and uprooted for the most part, there is one root that is like in the ground. Mm. No matter where she goes, she's connected to it she 
draws her life from it and is tied to it and well that means that as long as the vein is fine she's fine but vein like sorry it's just that when you said vein before i thought maybe you just meant like the pulse of the forest but you mean like actual vein yes i mean the actual vein of this area oh and so she's sick because something's wrong with the vein yes and well well then nothing we do here is gonna help we need to go nothing we do here is going to help the vein you're right but we can treat also and give her but no matter what we that's it's like if something's bleeding to death you can make it more comfortable while it dies but you're not going to stop it not by rubbing salt in its wounds and saying magic words over it or whatever we need to find the actual problem and fix that how's how is staying in here and rubbing goop and she's just like gonna poultices everywhere and just like into the tree gonna help if the problem isn't even here they sigh and look at you i truly wish i could go and help but this is not a problem that i can deal with i hoped to make Elsa's time here easier until someone who had the ability to deal with it arrived and perhaps if not then find a way to sustain Elsa on the life of this oasis instead which admittedly has not been going great but i think mid-conversation i think i actually just get up and i don't storm out yeah but i make it quite clear that i am leaving now and because in my head it's just i i think basically i'm leaving because if i don't there will just be a tirade unleashed on this old person who's just doing their best and i kind of know that that's not fair or appropriate but i don't have any other way to process what's going through my infuriated teenage mind yeah that all adults are the same all adults just sit back and wait for someone else to solve their problems they're content to just you know ease the suffering instead of trying to fix it uh and yeah i think i just leave the sanctuary and (laughs) assuming i'm not followed uh with kobold's help put the slab back in place and just start making my way again in the direction Although actually, like this, this was the direction on the map, right? Yeah. Okay. And I th- I think you realize that as you're like half outside, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the real quick uh back inside, like as you're as you're marching out, Hanf uh like buzzes to go after you, and Kima uh looks up at Hanf and goes, "No, no, it it's okay. We'll she'll have to be back if she truly does want to help." You've been listening to Voices at Play, building a table for everyone. Join us in the next episode for the conclusion to this one-shot. If you've enjoyed the game we're playing, and it sounds like it might be a good fit for you, please check the links in the show notes and on our website where you can find a direct route to order a copy for yourself and get playing today. Voices at Play is completely not-for-profit, but it does incur costs. This show is brought directly to you by the generosity and support of listeners like yourself who support us on our Patreon. $1 pledges are the lifeblood that make this project work. 
So if you're able, please head over to patreon.com forward slash voices at and pledge to join our little community, working to make the tabletop role-playing space a more diverse, vibrant, and inclusive place for all. Until next time, we'll just keep on playing.